0: Father, we confess that you are holy, that there is uh, nobody, no one like you. And for that we are grateful. And we thank you that uh, this morning you desire to uh, reveal yourself to us afresh in new ways. And I pray this morning as we uh, look at your word, as... um, as this fearsome thoughts and testimony, Father, that you would uh, speak to us into the very uh, fullness of our being, that you would speak to our heart, our spirit, our mind, even into our bodies, that you would reveal yourself this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,
1: that's okay.
0: Uh, John and I were uh, talking earlier this week, and, and I was saying, you know, I've, I'm having a bit of trouble coming up with my, uh, my sermon this week. And uh, he just kind of smiled and looked across the, the rim of his coffee cup and said, well, that's easy. And I'm always a little bit leery when John says it's easy. <laughs> but, you know, this time I agreed with him, because <laughs> he says, you know what, just, just talk about your passion." What's, what are you what are you passionate about right now? What talk a little bit about your journey, what's going on for you as you're following Jesus at this time? and uh, and so I thought I'd try my hand at mixing my passion and my journey this morning. and um, and I, and I'd like to actually start by um, teaching, which might seem a little bit weird if you're talking about passion. And uh, I think it would be easy to assume that just because you know I'm my days going to to Regent College, and so You know, he's going to give us a brainiac exercise here this morning uh, because of his studies. Uh, That's actually not where the teaching is coming from. Uh, I want to assure you that it's not just a tickling of the mind or or that kind of thing. Um, And I was thinking about this and I was thinking well, you know, many of us today are going to watch the Grey Cup, uh, the football game today. And uh, for some of us like me, you know, at the end of the game, we'll say, Yeah, that was pretty good, and that team won, and that's great. And that would be pretty much the summary of what I, what I take from the game. But I know there are some here, Jim Fowler, and others, that uh, are going to watch that game, and they're going to, you know, after the game, they're, they're going to be re- they're really into football, so they're going to talk about, you know, the various offensive plays that they did, and, and the way the defensive line did this, and they played the zone defense, but then the zone defense broke down, and this guy got away, and then, you know, they got a touchdown. They're going to talk about, they're going to break down the game uh, because they're passionate about it. And I guess as I share uh, just five or ten minutes of, of the teaching before the testimony, uh, that's for me where it comes from. I'm not really into football, and so the summary of my passion for football is that was good. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Let's have some pizza. Uh, you know. But in terms of this, it is very much uh, something that's on my heart. And... Um, and so I'm just going to read it for you. I don't have it on the PowerPoint because I'm going to show some other PowerPoint slides in a moment. Um, but I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 12. And a uh, bunch of different religious leaders and teachers have been coming to Jesus with questions and they've been testing him. And uh, it says here that one of the teachers of law came and heard Jesus and these other guys debating And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, Jesus, which is the most important? And the most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well well said, teacher, the man replied. You're right in saying that God is one and that there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is, is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices that go on here in this temple. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. And it says, And from then on, no one dared to ask Jesus any more questions. (laughs) Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord, is one. God is one. And I want to start with that and just carry on by saying, for those of us who have maybe been in the church for a while, you might know that God is one, and that He reveals Himself in three persons. In the mystery of our faith, there's somehow that God's unity, His oneness, is also threeness. And I was trying to think of how to explain this. Many great, great theologians have tried to, to help us understand this. And in many ways, you know, it, it remains a mystery. Uh, But I was thinking of this last night. and I was thinking of one of my favorite snack foods. One of my favorite snack foods is ice cream. And as I was thinking about that, you know, I was thinking of Neapolitan. Now, Neapolitan ice cream is only Neapolitan if there's chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla. (laughs) If you take away any of those flavors, it's not Neapolitan ice cream anymore. Deep theological teaching. <laughs> and and I think it's the, it's the same thing with God. If you take away the Father and you just have the Son and the Spirit, you, you're not talking about God anymore. You're talking about someone or something else. And likewise, if you take away the Son or you take away the Spirit, suddenly you're not talking about God anymore. We're talking about something or someone else. God is one and yet three persons. And at the beginning of all things in the book of Genesis, it tells us that we are created in God's image. That there's something about us, about being human, that reflects what and who God is. And I think one of the ways... That God, God's image is in us, is in this idea of unity, oneness, and yet diversity, three. But I think as Jesus describes it, He talks about it as heart, soul, mind, and strength. That these are, if you are human, you are each of these four things. And to negate one of these things, to not pay attention to it or to say it doesn't exist or to not uh, feed it, to care for it, each of any of these things, you become less human. You're not what God intended in in his fullness of what he intended for you. And so last night, my ice cream was, uh, I was eating this actually. It was a spiritual experience. It's called heavenly hash. And uh, heavenly hash ice cream... It's the brand that I was eating. is made up of four things. It's got almonds, chocolate chunks, chocolate flavored ice cream, and vanilla ice cream. It's got these four things. <laughs> now you take away any one of these things and it's not heavenly hash. <laughs> I was thinking about this last night. You know, this is kind of dangerous on the West Coast here. Because when you talk about heavenly hash, people are thinking all sorts of different things, right? But I am talking about ice cream. I'm talking about these four ingredients. <laughs> If you take one of them away, if you take away the chocolate chunks or the almonds, it's maybe chocolate swirl. But it's not heavenly hash. And so it is with being human. If you take away any one of these things, uh, you're not fully human. And, and I was um, a fellow by the name of Rob Bell. Uh, some of us might recognize the face. We've watched several videos. They're called Numa videos here in the church at different times. And he wrote this book called Sex God. And uh, this is great, so far, hey, we got ice cream, we're going to talk about sex instead. Uh, anyways, and he was talking about, in our culture, how when you remove the idea of the spiritual, sex suddenly becomes something that wasn't intended by God. It becomes, we start acting, basically what he says, we start acting like animals. Oh, I just can't help myself, I just got to have it, I just... I can't control myself. I just have this animal, in a sense, instinct that I have to fulfill. And basically, what he said is that, you know, if you remove the spiritual, as we talked about, part of being, you're no longer human, you become an animal. And he also made that, I think, an interesting point. He said, you know, oftentimes in, in, in church and spiritual communities, we don't talk about sex. He says, that's a lot. Because to be human is to have a body. And part of to have a body is to have this this physical attraction and this, this special unity that comes through uh, having sex together. This sexual intimacy. And he says, he says, what's going on with that? He says, the, the only people that don't have bodies are angels. And, and that's not what we are. Sometimes we like to think we're angelic. Maybe in our behavior. But but we are not angels. We are humans. And so whether we neglect the body and including sexual intimacy, or whether we neglect, neglect our spiritual aspect, either way, we become less human, we become less of what God intended for us to be. And so you might be asking, like, you know, why okay, why are we talking about all this? Why are we talking about the one and three or, or that humanness has these four aspects, and for me, I guess it's because I believe that God wants to reveal Himself to us, to we who we are created in His image, and He wants to reveal Himself by touching every aspect of our being. And as we read in the scripture reading from Mark chapter twelve, where Jesus says, "You know what's the greatest commandment? To love God with." What? Our whole being. Heart, soul, mind, strength. Annie Elk also calls us to share love with our neighbors, with one another in the, in the church community, but any of those that we come across. And I think it's the same thing that Jesus desires for us to, to share God's love, to minister to one another in such a way that our hearts, our spirits, our minds, and our physical being. Are impacted by who Jesus is and who he wants us to become. And for me, that is a passion. It's a passion for me that I would grow in my ability to receive from God everything that he has for me in all of my being. And it's also a passion as I'm growing as a leader in the church to see that happen amongst us that we would grow in our passion and in our ability to be able to minister to the whole person. Not not to neglect one or the other because it's awkward or maybe we're not familiar with it. We just don't want to go there. But to, to fully embrace the person that is in front of us and to minister to the whole person. So that's the teaching. That we are one and yet there's these four aspects. And so my testimony this morning is maybe just to share a little bit of how God has revealed himself to me in each of these areas, or where he still has yet to do that. I think the primary way that God has revealed himself to me, in terms of my heart, is as his beloved son. And some of this I've shared before, and if you've heard it, I pray that you'll just track with me, but uh, some of it I haven't. when I was a young adult, I was a new Christian and I was learning to follow Jesus and I had this sense that he was asking me to go to Europe to be a part of this group called Youth with a Mission and to learn what it means to evangelize. Because I had been in the church for a long time, but I didn't really have a clue as to how to reach out to maybe some of my friends. And while I was there in Amsterdam... Uh, crazy place to, to go when I've never been further than Alberta I've never been in a plane and I, I go to Amsterdam, the wicked city and, uh, and we're ministering in all sorts of ways that uh, are healthy by the way but uh, that are challenging um, to me as an individual and I'm learning lots of different things and while I was far away and, and being stretched we were in a prayer time together as a school and um, I was just sitting at the back with a couple of my buddies from the school and it was just quiet and basically the teacher said you know if you have a word or something just to walk across the room share that with one another and uh, Pete Thompson the school leader actually he came to me as I was praying at the back and he and he just said to me he says Dave I think I want I think the Father God the Father wants you to know that he loves you and that he's really pleased with you. And if you've heard me preach before, this is something that I've preached on several times, where this this call of the Father to his son Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, when he, when he comes to me and says, you are my son, whom I love with you, I'm well pleased. And and Pete was imparting that word to me. It was a word not only for for... Jesus the Son of God but for us the sons and daughters of God and it was to me and, it, and it's something that shaped my heart and, and not only has Pete said it but uh, another person who's ministered that same word to me is a fellow by the name of, of Henry Now and he's a, a Catholic priest and through his writings has really uh, touched my heart and, and I'd just like to read just a, a quote from him Uh, One that has, uh, again, shaped my heart. Home, he says, is the center of my being, where I can hear the voice that says, You are my beloved. On you, my favor rests. The same voice that gave life to the first Adam spoke to Jesus, the second Adam. In fact, the same voice that speaks to all the children of God and sets them free to live in the midst of a dark world while remaining in the light. Says, I've heard that voice. It's spoken to me in the past and continues to speak to me now. It is the never interrupted voice of love, speaking from eternity and giving life and love whenever it is heard. Especially this, he says Whenever I hear that voice, I know that I am home with God and I don't have anything to fear. As the beloved of my Heavenly Father, I can walk in the valley of darkness. No evil would I fear. As the beloved of God, I can cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. Having received this love without charge, I can give it without charge. As the beloved, I can confront, console, admonish, and encourage without fear of rejection or the need for affirmation. As the beloved, I can suffer persecution without the desire for revenge and receive praise without using it as a proof of my goodness. As the beloved, I can be tortured and killed without ever having to doubt that the love that is given to me is stronger than death. As the beloved, I am free to live and give life and free also to die while also giving life. And I guess the reason I share that quote is, I don't know if he caught it, but as he said, as we gain this understanding that we are loved by God, as his beloved sons, his beloved daughters, freedom results. Freedom to come into the life and ministry that God has for all of us in its fullness. But we can only enter into that fullness of ministry as we know that we are loved by God. And so, I think it's something that we need to share together. Um, I shared a couple weeks ago that my grandfather had passed away. And... Um, and previous to that just a few days previous to that I was talking to my mom just, just kind of checking in seeing how things were going for her and the family and uh, she she says you know I was, I was talking with one of she was talking with one of my uncles and she said kind of in passing he said you know I wish I wish I just could have heard him say that I love you before he died mm-hmm. and uh, and I haven't been able to to get the answer to this I don't know why Uh, My grandfather wasn't able to say that to his sons and his daughters. Uh, I know he went through many painful, painful times. He grew up in a time where it wasn't necessarily, and maybe in a place where showing affection wasn't necessarily highly valued and wasn't common. Um, But it, it broke my heart to hear my uncle just longing for that word to say, I love you, I'm so pleased with you. And not only for him, but for all of my mom's family to have that sense, that love. And I, and I mention that because I, I think um, you know, we learn about the law of gravity by dropping an object. And just as John shared at the beginning of the service, that there's this sense of, that the love of God is here. And I think one of the ways that God makes that love uh, manifest to our hearts, the way he speaks it into our hearts, is when you... And I speak it to one another. And so I would just encourage us again, because I think it's such an important word for each of us, to speak it to one another. Let one another know that I see you as the beloved son and daughter of God, that I love you. I appreciate you. I'm I'm so pleased with what you have done and what you are shooting towards. I also wanted to share a few things about how God has uh, and it's hard to say like, how has God touched your spirit? how has he touched your soul? Um, these are kind of ways that I've felt that He has. Um, one was through a dream early on, uh, again as a, as a young believer in my early 20s. and I had this real sense that, that God was calling me to work with teenagers. and and I had this dream on a Friday night, actually. And uh, I remember it. It was this dream of... I was walking through Cathedral Grove, of all places. And in Cathedral Grove, it was just uh, chaos and confusion and destruction. There was trees all around. There was fire everywhere. There were cars wrecked on the side of the road. And I had this disturbing picture of... Of a being, I believe it was Satan, but it was this 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 being that had a skull for a face, but a, a really weird smile, and and the devil, as I see it, and he was walking through this wreckage, is kind of joyously going along, and there was this crowd of young people following in behind him through the carnage, and kind of partying as well, and I woke up. And immediately I heard across the street uh, that same thing going on where there was this huge house party going on, kids drinking, and the cops eventually came, and all that kind of stuff. And it was just this this sense that as God was leading me, I felt that he was leading me to, to work with youth. He says, this is what's happening out there. And it's not just for youth, it's really for all of us in different ways, but, but particularly in many ways for our youth, that there's a sense that everything is great and we party, but really it's going through a land of destruction and it's wreaking destruction among us. And it was something that God put deep into my spirit, into my soul, to say, this is why I'm calling you to begin to work with youth. And similarly, when at that same time when I was discerning that, um not as, just as a volunteer, but to move into a staff position. We were actually in our first incarnation as a church at St. Alban's, And it was a time where some of us might remember this, the Toronto Blessing and just these different manifestations of God among us. And it was a sense... I can't describe it other than it's just this heavy weight and as I've listened and tried to listen to some maybe some of our Pentecostal friends they, they might call it the weight of his glory was on me this, this sense of it's a heaviness but it's a good it's a good heavy and I couldn't stand I just had I was in the pews so I was just I had to sit down and I was I was comfortably freaked out <laughs> uh, in other words I wasn't scared in the in the worst sense of fear because I knew that there was, God was doing something in me. And again I've implanted something into my spirit. And both of those things are from the past and um, you know as I was thinking about this I was thinking, okay, Dave, what's the testimony for today? And I at this point I don't I didn't I don't have it. And I and I wonder, is that because I'm in a different season? Is it... Um, maybe I'm not necessarily aware. Uh, so that's a question I'm asking myself. And I share that as part of the testimony. That it's part of the journey. That um, there are times when it's very tangible and real. And, and other times where it seems far off. And yet I believe that God wants to reveal himself in that way to me. And to us. Um, when I talk about seasons... Uh, as many of you will know I'm in a season of study right now and so I'm attending a theological college and and God has been revealing himself to me uh, surprisingly in that way as well and I won't go into it deeply other than to say that it's a, it amazes me sometimes because I feel like sometimes my study is going through this hoop you know, jumping a hurdle to carry on and to do the stuff and But every once in a while, whether it's through reading, maybe a lecture, maybe a chapel at the college that I'm attending, God does something where I just, that is you. He reveals something about himself through the study that is wonderful. And I was thinking, well, isn't God supposed to reveal himself in an experiential way? Do I need to be able to to discern it for myself or discover for myself to make it real. And I was thinking about this and I thought, well, in my relationship with Megan, my wife, much of what I have learned about her and enjoyed about her uh, has come through personal experience. Um, It's come through different conversations that we've had in our work together, uh, in the intimate moments that we've shared, including sexually intimate moments. Yes, I had to say it. You gotta get it out there, you know. <laughs> but it's true. I've learned that about various things about life. life together as parents, as members of this church family. We've we've shared a lot of things. Uh, but, uh, and I think this is a very important. But I've also learned about my wife through other people's experience of her, and uh, and I think particularly as I've as we've grown older together. That sounds very I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but as we've, we've shared this relationship over a long period of time as we've um, gone on I think I've recognized in myself that when I was younger I was pretty arrogant and I figured I knew my wife and she, you know the, there were certain things that she was good at and other things that she wasn't and I just, you know, whatever and then I started to mature <laughs> gratefully and to listen to some of the other people around us and as they oh I love this about your wife yeah actually that is there that is really good and there's this revelation about my wife that was coming to me through others and I guess when I approach my studies at the theological College I guess that's what it is for me is that there's a lot that God has revealed about himself through personal experience through my relationship with him but through other people's relationships with him, they have discovered other things. I think, yeah, that's right. That is just like God. Just as I would with, yeah, that is a part of who my wife is and a wonderful thing to be celebrated and to learn about and to share. And so, I guess, as we're thinking about how God might reveal himself to us, let's... Um, Sometimes study might be the last thing that we might want to do. But there are places where God can reveal himself through that experience of others written down that becomes something for us. I think we even experienced that yesterday because I don't think it has to be necessarily in college. So as we shared a little bit here about uh, the council meeting yesterday, we had various times of John teaching DVDs and things like that. And as we would share around the room, and as Carol shared a little bit this morning, what happens is that God reveals himself in those times. And so, whatever the the medium, whoever it is that you learn, how you allow God to engage the mind, and there will be a variety of ways, um, it is still a place where God can reveal himself. And then, uh, finally, I guess I just want to finish with... um, Love the Lord your God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. The the tangible, the the body. And I have to say that um, even though I've shared that, you know, I felt the weight of His glory uh, when when I just sensed His presence in that way earlier. Um, where God has maybe met financial provision when we've been in really tough times as a family. That's a tangible expression of God's love to me. But I think this is a growth area for me. And so again, this is. It's part of the, the testimony is not so much what I have experienced, but what I believe I will experience in this way. And uh, so I, as I look at the Bible, as we've been sharing together as a church family, it's there that God would want to minister to our bodies in, in unique and surprising and miraculous ways. I believe it's here. Uh, it's not been my experience thus far. And um, I don't know what to to say about that. Other than... uh, It's it's my limp. Maybe that... um, I think all of us as we walk through life will have some parts of our bodies that are stronger or weaker where we will have certain things happen in parts of our bodies. I guess for me, the whole... Embracing and walking into and practicing prayer for things like healing, for other physical manifestations, like maybe speaking in tongues, things that involve the body where God reveals Himself. Um, that for me is. Uh, I'm just walking it out, I guess. And for me, it's kind of this limp that I know God's going to heal. That. That it's not quite there yet, or or maybe another way to put it is when I was speaking to John about this once. um, He's asking, you know, where are you at with all this stuff? And I, I said, I'm, I'm in the race. If you picture, if you use a marathon as a picture, I'm in the race, but I'm not. I can and I can see the leader, and I'm not far. I'm making sure that I don't fall far enough back that I can't catch the leader. You know, if you watch a runner in a marathon. You know, you have to keep a certain distance. If you get too far, you can't overcome it anymore. And I guess for me, I feel like in this body that there are people that are leading the way in this area of, um, of learning what it means for God to minister to our bodies in a variety of ways. And I'm tracking, I'm in the race, uh, and I'm trying to stay close enough so that I can catch up when the time is right or when God would reveal himself. And maybe you're in that same place, whether it's with the body or the mind the spirit or the heart I guess what I would encourage us is is to stay in the race and stay close enough to those who maybe are ahead of us so that we can also finish together with them that we can win the race as it were because whatever our deficiency or wherever we lack God is more than sufficient to provide it so I want to finish with the three questions And uh, for us to reflect on. And the first is, where has God revealed himself to you? And so, as we tried again to practice this morning and continue to do as a family, we want to, we need to be able to hear the testimony of what God is doing in your heart, soul, mind, or body, so that it can encourage me and we can encourage one another. And uh, because I believe that, you know what, God's revelation always isn't just for you as an individual. I think it's As he reveals himself to you personally, it's meant to be for the body, for the rest of the church family. And I think that's a New Testament thing, that when we see God manifesting himself, it's not just for the, the blessing of the individual, but it's so that the community might be changed, each one of us might be changed. And I guess the next thing is, where would you like God the Father, Son, Spirit, to reveal himself? We read, uh, Bill read, uh, John chapter 17, uh, Jesus' prayer for unity amongst the believers. And for me, as we looked at this last week a little bit in, in our Unplugged meeting, and I've been reflecting on it this week, there's this where Jesus says that I might be in them just as the way that I'm in you and you are in me. There's a sense where Jesus wants to indwell the fullness of who we are. And it's a very intimate, intimate thing. I was thinking about this week. It's kind of, there are places in the Bible, this is uh, number three, where there, where there is, is this linkage between God and his bride, the church. And it's, it's analogous to the, to the physical sexual relationship. Where the two, Paul says in Ephesians, he says, you know, it's, he talks about the husband and wife coming together, the two become one flesh he says but uh, I'm not talking about husbands and wives right now I'm talking about this mystery of Christ and his church there's a sense of of incredible intimacy that God would desire for us to have with him and so I ask you know what is the place that you would desire to grow in your intimacy with the living God And I think finally is there are there areas in your life that maybe you're close to having God reveal himself maybe you've done it purposely probably you've done it non purposely you just for me myself and maybe for for others here that we get used to going in certain ways and having God reveal himself to us in certain ways and we're just not open to the idea of having doing something different and so I just Challenge us with that. Just say, Put it on the table. Are there places where, where it's, it's a big risk for you to do that? And, uh, and as I close, and, um, and I think I'll pray for us now, but uh, there will be opportunity to have prayer at the back of the church. And whether it's um, celebrating what God has revealed, or whether it's bringing to him places in your life that he hasn't just been able to get into, I encourage you to take that opportunity to grow in your intimacy, in your relationship and revelation of him. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, when you call us to love you, Their heart, soul, mind, and strength. You call us to something that we can do because you are in us. Because of what Jesus has done, what he has given to us through the Spirit, that we can actually love in that way. And we can love in that way. We can not only give it, but we can receive it in those ways. And we thank you for that. And I pray for each of us today. We offer ourselves to you saying, Father, reveal yourself to us. Touch my heart. Change my spirit. Renew my mind. Transform my body. Help me to, help me to love myself. Help me to love who you've made me in its entirety. Father, help us to have the image of ourselves that you have of us. That of a beloved son, a beloved daughter. Father, that we might grow into the fullness of ministry that you have for us. That you would lead us to be able to do all the things, more than we could even ask or imagine. Be out of that love that you have for us. Touch us in the very depths of our being, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thanks, David. And I know that many of us will. Have different places, we were demanded with what David was sharing. Um, I believe one of the ways God works with us is, is He does create in us an uncomfortableness or a longing for or something that gives us a clue. I, I remember when David was we talking, I was going through that very black period of my life, and I was writing down um, about depression my experience, and was beginning to start hoping. The things I wrote, I noticed, I could take you through the whole book. Um, What I wrote took two years to come to be. So I wrote two years ahead of where I was. It was almost like a face walk, but it took longer to unfold. And sometimes, you know, in our instincts, immediate lives, we, we, we think if God's not responding right now, He's not responding. But He is responding. And we're going to sing some song, two songs. One of the reasons we sing the songs is not to fill up space so we can say the other service their on. It's actually the last reason. The reason we sing songs is because God does speak to us in all kinds of ways, and the music is a time where we can actually just create a pool of presence where God can meet us. And so it's an opportunity where one can. Just- fold one's arms and say well I wish this could hurry up and end. or I could say Lord here I am as we sing these songs I want you to think of a picture one picture would be as you sing or come before the Lord how do you how do you see God is he strict or is he loving is he kind he revealed himself in Jesus as kind but I also want you to think about how do you think God sees you as David said, He loves you. The picture that God the Father has of each one of us. If He could show you each of us to ourselves now. If He could just reveal His picture, His desire for you. Do you know what the biggest, most striking thing would be for you? The picture that you would see of yourself under Him and in His hand would be one where you are absolutely bubbling over with joy. Because his call, Jesus said, I called you that your joy might be full. His whole purpose for revealing himself to us is that our joy might be full. So if he could show you what he had in mind for you, you would be absolutely going free. I look happy. There is so much joy out of you, where does this come from? So you see, how he sees you and how we see ourselves are different. And that's why when we sing songs, we come before him and we say, Lord, when I look at myself, I can get quite depressed. Or I'm, I don't know how to go forward from here." And he looks at us and says, Yeah, you're a bit like a pair well, I'm trying to get you to let me lead you and love you into something.